would turn to Hebrews chapter 11, starting with verse 8. Hebrews 11, starting with verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him and of the same promise. For he was looking forward to a city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not knowing or having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Would you pray with me this morning? Thank you, God, for this, this day that we have to, to come before you. Lord, I thank you for this place. Lord, I thank you for two services that we've had the opportunity to, to hear your word, to worship, and Lord, to, to see other believers in Christ. And God, I just pray for those that lifted their hands today as, as a sign of unspoken request, things that they are going through or things they know of others going through. Father, I know that you are the great, the great healer, the great counselor. So Lord, I pray that you would just work in those situations. And we know that all things work together for the good of those who seek you, Father. So Father, today as we are here, I pray that you would speak to us, that our faith would grow, and that, Father, these words would mean something, and that we would leave here different than when we came in. In your most holy name, amen. Amen. You know, as you're reading through this story, I, I, uh, yesterday our family had a, had a get-together in Big Atoka, Oklahoma, and there's a bunch of, bunch of folks there every year when we get together at that get-together. But the thing is, is as I was there, I, uh, I just needed to get away for a little bit. You guys know how family gatherings can be, right? Not that families get on your nerves or anything, but, but you know what I'm saying. I just needed to get away for a minute, and I told Joni, I was like, I'm going to go outside, and I'm just going to kind of get away and maybe go over, go over tomorrow morning's sermon just a little bit just to kind of help me. And, and so I went outside, and, and I looked, and as I sat down on the porch there, I could see through trees. It was just like perfect, like the Lord just did this for me. There was a big oak tree, and like the branches coming down, and it kind of formed this frame, and right in the middle of the frame was our son with, not my son, but the son, S-U-N, and it was covered in Saharan dust. Beautiful. And I was sitting there just thinking about this, that, you know, my God designed a world in which uh, sandstorms can come all the way from the Sahara Desert to America and give 
our soil the much-needed nutrients that it needs. There's a lot of good stuff that comes from these sandstorms. But I'm looking at that, and I'm just in this solitude type of moment, and I'm, I just read through the scripture, and I was just kind of letting it wash over me. And then a bunch of kids came out and started screaming. I had a moment of silence there, a moment. But I'm reminded of how blessed we are with family. How blessed we are with family. I, I know from my, uh, from my experience, I, I, I have a lot of Christians in my family on both sides. Married, married into, and, and the, my, my blood family, they, they're all just such a blessing because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And it got me thinking because I had three good points I, I, I thought that I would bring to you today. Three points that every good Baptist pastor has in each sermon, right? I had three points, and, and it was like the Lord gave me one more point to give. So I hope I don't throw you off today by having four points. Actually, in the in the first service, I pretty much only preached on the first point. That's, that's telling how God often speaks to us and what we need to hear. But the first point I thought as I was reading through this passage of Scripture is the fact that faith is the basis of all godly relationships. I want you guys to hear that this morning. Faith is the basis of all godly relationships. We need that, don't we? When you're looking through this passage that we just read this morning, we see a story not just of Abraham, which is typical in Scripture. You get a story of a male, right? The leader of the family. But you also get the picture of, of the wife, Sarah. And by faith, Sarah, she was able to see that the promises of God would come true. And so what that tells me as I'm reading through that passage of Scripture is that family is important. And as we get into it this morning a little bit more, we must understand that faith is very important in our family relationships. Honestly, faith is important in any relationship that you have at all. Whether you're, you're thinking of marriage or you're, you're thinking of new friendships or you started a new job or school's about to kick back on you that are, are maybe hoping to go back to school, you may not be wanting to go back to school. I'm not sure. I'm sure it varies across the scale here, but... But as you go back to school, your relationships with the people around you, your teachers, your, your friends, faith is very important. Because if we ever get away from having faith as the basis of our relationships, we're going to get in trouble real quick. If we try to live by what seems right to us and not what is right to God, it's going to get us in trouble every time. Faith is finding our joy in Christ and not in relationships. And I have in my time, no doubt, probably sought out relationships with people because I thought it would make me a better person. You know, I, I want to I please these people. I want to make these people happy. But honestly, our joy only comes in knowing Christ. It only comes in knowing Christ. And I'm not saying we can't be friends with non-believers. I have plenty of friends who are non-believers, and they're a blessing to me. But even in those relationships, I try as best I can by faith to bring Christ into that relationship even there. I'm not the... You know, stand on the corner and, and, and preach that they're all going to hell. I try to love them and to, to let them know that there's a God that loves them. But it's by faith. Even in the relationships that it's not uh, necessarily like a Christian friendship, we must still have faith even in those times. And so, but, but the bigger point is, and I want to talk about this this morning, because I think it applies to us. You, you have family, don't you? You have people that are around you. Faith needs to be that basis in your relationship, whether it's a husband and wife relationship or, or you know, parent-child relationship or grandparent-grandchildren relationship or aunt and uncle and, 
and nieces and nephews, those relationships all need to be based upon the Word of God, upon faith. It needs to be there because otherwise we're going to fail at some point. We're going to lose tempers. We're going to, to, to maybe not be the best that we should be. And I think this first point, before we get into the other three points, I think it's important because this applies to the church as well, does it not? We need to be faithful. We need to have faith even in our relationship as the church. Because your pastor's not perfect. Your deacons aren't perfect. Your teachers aren't perfect. The leadership in your church is not perfect, but who is perfect is God. And so we must have faith in Him that He's going to get us through whatever we go through in this life. Isn't that good? To understand that it's, it's through Christ. It's not through our thinking or our knowledge. It's through knowing Jesus as our Savior and our Lord. It's that faith, having joy in Christ, not in relationships, not in programming, not in churches. We have joy this morning, not because you have a comfortable pew to set in that's 100 years old, right? Your joy this morning is because Christ is here. Your joy this morning is because we can have faith knowing that He has better plans for us even than what we're going through now. That no matter what we go through in this world, whatever happens, we can follow Christ 100% of the way. And we're never alone. We're never alone. Relationships find redemption. Now listen to this. Relationships find redemption and health in knowing Jesus. Now that's, 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 a, that's a good thought, isn't it? Is, is your relationship maybe that you have, and I'm, when I say this, you're going to have one relationship that pops up, and you're like, yeah, it's not too healthy right now. We're not getting along. We're feuding, whatever. Your redemption, your health can be better if you put Christ in the center there. And then when you, when you talk about this, this, this idea of relationships, our relationships find meaning in Christ. All of a sudden, everything changes. You know, Joni and I, we just celebrated 20 years and I'd like to say that I'm the perfect husband, but I'm not. The thing is, is that it takes knowing Christ Jesus to, to get through the, the tough times and the good times. Sometimes we need faith in the, in the good times as much as we do <laughs> the bad times. We get to the good times and we just start doing things the way we want to do them. But the thing is, is that we need to be faithful and have faith in all times because that's exactly the the. That's the equation here. That's what we need it's, it, to have a successful relationship, a good godly relationship. It's going to take faith. And so when a preacher preaches to you to read your Bible, have you ever heard a preacher say that? Read your Bible, folks. When a preacher says that, he's not just saying it because he wants you to be religious. He's saying it because your faith comes from hearing that word, from reading that word. That's where your faith comes from. If you want to grow your faith, it's not going on mission trip. It's not becoming a pastor. Your faith will grow when you get into the Word of God. Read it. Read it religiously. Read it every day. Read it when you wake up in the morning and throughout the day and when you go to bed at night. Read the Word of God. Because here's the thing. Your trials, the things you're going through right now that you think are so tough that you're turning to the Word of God to get through, they're building you to take on bigger trials and bigger callings in the future. Now, why do you say that, Daniel? Here's why I say that. Because as you're looking here, uh, going on into the, uh, the, the story of Abram, or Abraham, he was Abram at one time. But because of faith, he changed his name, and now he's, he's Abraham. There in verses 8 through 10, we read where Abraham, that God tells him to go. And I, and I think that's interesting, because a lot of times when people come to me and they say, well, I want to know God's calling for my life, I'm like, great, excellent. I like that. We go to Falls Creek. We don't get to go this year, but we're, have, we're doing our own Falls Creek, and it's going to be better. 
what, what are we going to call it, Josh? We, is it? I don't. I don't know. We got to. There's got to be a name for it, I guess. You know, there's a creek there. I don't know what it's called. Carlton Creek. We're going to Carlton Creek this year. It, it, creek probably has a name. Robbers Cave has a nice ring to it. We're all a bunch of rebels anyway, so we're in Robbers Cave. But as we go to camp this year, and we're, we're doing our own thing, and it's going to be great, and man, I'm, I'm, I'm so proud of Josh and all the work he's putting into it. But we're doing that by faith, right? This is different. And I was thinking about that this week, that every, all this time we've had Falls Creek, and we just kind of show up, and there's a lot of work for the leaders, by the way. But, I mean, pretty much you show up to Falls Creek, and all the programming's taken care of, the, the activities are taken care of, you know. The viral infections are taken care of. You, you're going to get a stomach virus while you're there, you know. There, there, there might be a, bu- a bed bug scare. There may be something like that that happens every year. That's all taken care of. But I was really thinking about this, Josh, and I thought, man, I was going to call you this week and tell you this, and I, I got busy. But the thing is, is that God has been preparing us for this summer in the past. God's been preparing us for this. And basically, when you're looking at the life of Abraham here, God had prepared him in the past to be able to go. Understand, he had already changed his name, right? He was Abram at one time, and now he's Abraham. And so by faith, he did this. And he did some really other weird stuff to himself because God said to do it, right? He went through all of this, but he was not able to go until he did the other stuff, until he went through the other stuff. And when it came time and God said, I want you to go, he went. You guys catch that in that passage of Scripture? He didn't just sit there and he was just like, ah. And so that next point, Jed, that I want us to look at this morning is this idea of who God is, that faith gives us the assurance to go even when we're unclear of the specifics. He gives us that okay to go. If you're reading through that passage of Scripture, you'll read where it says that God told him to go even though he told him, didn't tell him where he was going. Didn't tell him how he was going. He just said go. Now, you guys think about this for a moment, okay? So, Mar- I'm going to pick out Marshall and Larry, okay? My two buddies. I need to have a meeting with you guys, okay? You all with me on this? Okay? We're going to have a meeting, and I need you all to go. And when you get there, it's going to be awesome, okay? You all good? All right. That's it. Go. More than likely, they're going to say, where are we going? <laughs> right? Well, I just told you it's going to be awesome. You don't need to know. It's just go. Well, well, how do we get there? Ah, don't. doesn't matter. Just go. This is the story of Abraham. Is everybody catching this this morning? The story of Abraham was just go. There was no direction. <laughs> there was only promise. Hey, when you get there, it's going to be awesome. There was only promise. That was, that's, all, that's all he had. And the only way in the world that Abraham could have did what he did was by faith. He just up and went. There was no directions. There wasn't any, you know, drive eight miles to I-40, turn east, drive 64 miles. You know what I mean? There was no, like, like there was no Siri that, during that time period or Google Maps or, or whatever. There was none of that that was going on. God just said, go. And the only way that he was able to do that was by faith. Did everybody catch that? I know a lot of you are like, yeah, I, I get that. No, get that. Because here's the thing. There's going to be a lot of times when God's going to call us as individuals and as church to go and to do something, and there's not really like a plan in our heads anyways. There's a plan in God. We know we can trust Him, can't we? I can trust God. 
There, there's so many times in my life I, I even think about like my work on the fire department and like uh, th- there's, there's, there's stuff that I like to do. There, there's particular jobs on the fire department that I feel like I, I like to do. I, I like to go in to, to houses that are on fire. I hate it that it's burning, but I like to do that. You know, I mean, I, I feel confident in the training that I've received. I like to, like to gear up and to go in. But the thing is, is that I like to go in based on a, a few other issues. And that's that I have faith in the guys that I'm fighting the fire with. I have guys that go in with me. I have guys who are on the other end of the hose who are making sure the water's continuing, which, by the way, if you go into a burning house and there's no water in your hose, that's a bad deal. You can be brave all day long and, and you just burn up. But it's faith in everybody that's around you, right? And, and I got to thinking about this. If I can have faith in humans who can mess up, and we do, can I not have faith in a God who created the universe? The God who creates a beautiful sunset yesterday for me to enjoy. And, and as beautiful as that was, you know, the bigger plan was God was, God was replenishing our soils. You know, he's putting iron and, and different nutrients into our soils here in America. And it's, it's like something, it's almost like God planned the world to work in a certain way, right? That there's almost like a, a design to the world. And when you're thinking about faith, guys, faith is, is the ability to go even if we don't know the directions or the specifics. Abraham, as you're reading through there, I mean, it even said that, you know, he didn't know where he was going. He just knew he was going to a specific place. He's going to a specific place. And Abraham went. Let me ask you a question this morning. What's God calling you to? Because I have a lot of people that say, well, I feel like God's calling me to ministry. What do I do? The directive we get from Scripture is go. If God's calling you to to preach the gospel, do it. If God is calling you to lead worship, do it. If God is calling you to get involved in the ministry here at your church, do it. If God is calling you to go to your neighbor and to invite them to church or to tell them about Jesus, guess what? Do it. I've seen it several times. You know, people say, well, you need to go to seminary. Seminary is great. I recommend it. I've learned some stuff in seminary that just is, is just unbelievable. It's great. But honestly, I'm able to go preach the gospel without that. I'm able to go without that. It, it's, it's more of an issue of, are we willing to go when God calls us? And Abraham, again, I, I just want to reiterate this, that he was able to go because he had already experienced God before then. He had already went through rough times. There had already been things going on in his life. And because of his experience with God, he knew that he could trust God. And so when God said go, he went. And church, that needs to be our vision. Your vision, my vision is, okay, God, you've been good in the past, and I know you've promised me eternal life. So when you tell me to go, I'm just going to go, even though I may not necessarily know the way. I'm going to go. But again, we can only do that if faith is in our life, if, if we've grown in that way. And so whatever you're going through right now, some of us may be saying, well, there's not a lot going on right now. I'm just kind of in quarantine. <laughs> I'm sitting at home. You know, I, I'm only going to safe places like Walmart and the grocery store. That's the only places I'm going, right? You know, churches are dangerous and, and funerals are dangerous, but don't, you know. You can go to Walmart, though. It's fine. I'm not really certain Walmart was safe before, but, you know, here we go. Guys, think about this for a moment. Whatever God is calling us to, let us go so that 
he can be glorified. Everything we do is to bring God glory. I, I don't stand up here this morning to bring glory to Daniel. I don't. You know? I, I do this because I want you as believers in Jesus Christ to leave this place and to say, you know what? Man, God has blessed us with faith. I want to go forth and bring him glory. I want to go forth and bring him glory. When you're reading through all these, these examples of people who had faith in Scripture, you know, and it even listed Abraham here in just a few verses. It says that, you know, he's as good as dead, but the promise still remains. Abraham's dead, right? As far as we know. Sarah, she died, but they were able to do what they did because of faith, because of, of what God did for them and through them. The, the trail may be unclear, it may be uncertain where we're heading, but the destination and the company that we have with us is always a sure thing. We may not know exactly how we're going to get there, but we, we know this. We know that God is with us, and we know that we're going to get there eventually. So two things we know. As a church, I think it's important that we're reminded that this life is not the end result. <laughs> that this is not exactly what we want. You know, it said that as, as, they, as they went, and here in a few verses we read this, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself in the verses, but when you think about it, it says that they went, and if, they had, if, the, if the good times were where they left from, they could have just turned around and went, went back, Right? I hear people talk about the good old days all the time. You remember the good old days, you know, back when you could shake people's hands and talk in person? Y'all remember those days? Those aren't the good old days. The good old days are ahead of us. If, if, if those were the good old days, we could just go back there. But the truth of the matter is, is that by faith we go forward. Abraham didn't know what he was getting into. And I believe that as we are, as believers and we're following Christ, there's a lot of stuff we don't know what we're going to go through. And we may in our minds think, I don't know how to navigate these waters that are ahead of me. But it's, it's just like Dory in, in Nemo, that great biblical story, you know. Just keep swimming. We just keep going, right? We, we keep going, and it's not by our own power, but it's by faith that we continue to go. We continue to go forward. We, we, we don't let anything stop us. Our goal is not behind us or in the present. Our goal is ahead of us, and that goal is glory. That, glo that goal is, is eternal life with Christ Jesus our Lord. And so don't let anything sidetrack you in this world. Don't let teachings, don't let people's opinions, don't let what society's saying is acceptable sidetrack you from the fact that we're all sinners, we need Christ, but yet we can have eternal life if we trust Him. Don't let things sidetrack you. Guys, I've been there. I, I've been sidetracked. And the way we fight that is through faith. And, and no doubt, Abraham, you know, they were sidetracked. And the, the children of Israel, you know, they spent 40 years in the desert that they didn't have to. And the reason is because they lost faith. They allowed the world to sidetrack them. And there was a lot of people that didn't get to go into the promised land because they didn't trust. And if I was asked this morning, how many of y'all trust God? Most everybody's going to say, I do. I've had experience with him. Go with that. Does everybody hear this this morning? If you've had a good experience with God in the past and he's, he's got you through times that you didn't think you could get through, continue on. Keep swimming. Keep going forward. It's, 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 no, it's, it sounds crazy to the world. It sounds like insanity to the world when you say, you know what, I just trust God and I'm going to keep going forward. A lot of people saying, you know, is this the end of times? It very well could be. 
But it doesn't matter if it is the end of times or not. The thing is, is I've got to keep going forward because God has promised me something. And his faith that he gives to me through his word, it gives me assurance to go forward, to keep going on, even when I'm unclear of the specifics. As a pastor, a lot of times people think, well, the pastors have it. Well, y'all don't think it about me. But a lot of times people think the pastors have it all together. They know exactly where they're going, man. They, their lives are perfect. Everything's good and all this kind of stuff. The thing is, is that as a pastor, I've learned this. None of us know what we're doing either. We're just trusting God. We're just trusting God. This, this transition committee that I'm on, you know, I went through some stuff in the last year that I'm like, God, why am I going through this? And now that I'm on this transition committee, I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's why I went through that. Lord, that's why you sent me and Joni and the, and the kids through this time of uncertainty is so that you could teach me some lessons so I could lead it in, in this transition as we're searching for our director of missions. And guys, it's the same for any of us. Abraham went through a lot of stuff. He's probably like, what? I'm faithful to you, God, and here you are? You're, you're making me go through this rough time, and God's like, no, I'm, I'm allowing you to go through that rough time so that you're tougher, and that when you hit the really rough times, you can just breeze right through it. The trials in the present, and the trials in the past help us to get through the stuff in the future. It builds us up. It builds us up. The devil tempts us, but the Lord himself, he allows us to go through trials in order that we're stronger. And I look around this room today, and, and I'm sure people that may be listening, uh, to this broadcast, I, I want you to understand today because I bet a lot of us have went through things with God and he's got us through. Am I right? God has got us through. We have no reason not to trust him. We have every reason to keep going forward. And his faith that he's given us, it allows us to go through times that even the specifics are unclear. And We're like, I don't know all the specifics, but we're going to go. We're just going to go. Enough about Abraham. Let's talk about his wife. And again, I think it's cool that, that Sarah is mentioned in this story, don't you? In this account of, you know, it, it was like the writer's writing this down. And he's like, man, you know, Abraham was really cool. And he's kind of like the cool daddy and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, Father Abraham, and they're probably singing the song and doing all that while they're writing this. But then he's like, oh, we can't forget Sarah. You know, behind every good man is what? There's a good woman. Honestly, I think this too. Behind every good woman is a good man. You see why faith is important in our relationships. Sarah was able to go forward with a promise from God, even though it didn't make any sense. Even though it didn't make any sense. Jack, can you flip forward just a few there? There's a, there's a point. Go through the verses. Faith is this assurance that unanswered promises in seemingly hopeless situations will be answered. It's the assurance of unanswered promises. God may have promised you something today, and I think we can get general here. Has God promised his church eternal life? What's the answer? The answer is yes. Like, we don't have to worry about it. Uh, the one thing I don't understand are, are, are belief systems that say, well, you can't really know that you're saved until you get to heaven. I don't see that taught in Scripture anywhere. The thing is, is that once we're saved, we are saved. It's not something we can boast about. It's something God has done. And I don't think God makes mistakes. 
But faith is this assurance of unanswered promises. Whatever God's promised you, you can have assurance in that unanswered promise, even though you don't see it. You guys realize, right, that Abraham and Sarah never really saw the full picture of the promise. They only lived so many years. They didn't, they didn't see the vast multitude, the whole social uh, group that came from them. They didn't see this, this nation necessarily that arose out of them. They saw some of it, but they didn't see the full extent. And more importantly, they didn't see Christ. They knew he was there. They knew that promise was there. They knew that there was going to be a lot of people come from, <clears throat> from them. But they didn't see it all. And here's what I, I want to encourage you today. We, we may not ever see the full work of what God's doing through us. My goal as a believer in Jesus Christ, it's not, I don't want at the end of the day to say, I want people to say, well, Daniel was a good old man, you know. Daniel was just a good guy. I want people to say, man, God did some really cool stuff and Daniel was present. God did some amazing things and Daniel got to be there. (laughs) That's really what I want people to say because it's by faith, not by my power, my might. It's what God is doing. It's what God is doing. And you as believers in Jesus Christ, I want you guys to think about this this morning. You as believers in Jesus Christ have this awesome opportunity to bring glory to Christ. You have this awesome opportunity. But it's by faith. And here we have Sarah, Sister Sarah. She was on up in years, but she had been promised she would be the mother of of many. But here she is in in her old age. It says she was past the age of giving birth, and God was still saying the promise is going to come true. You are going to have a child. And she kept believing. And what's more, again, I I said earlier, don't forget Sarah. Well, let's not forget Abraham. Abraham still had to have an amount of faith in this, right? I think we all know how babies are conceived. So there was this amount of faith from both of them to continue with the thought, right? That they, they didn't give up. They were like, God, is, God has blessed us with this promise. And so by faith, we're going to continue to go forward. And they looked forward to that promise. They looked forward to it. And this idea that, that faith is this assurance of unanswered promise in seemingly hopeless situations. I don't care what your situation is today. There is hope. Working with, uh, in, the, in the job that I've been doing recently, you know, counseling with people. I, I, I counsel with folks who are in deep psychosis. People that are going through a lot of, a lot of strange and, and hard things. People who suffer from, you know, uh, the effects of bipolar uh, disorder. People are suffering from schizophrenia. I mean, I, I get to see a whole lot of stuff. And honestly, all this fear in the world today is making it 10 times worse. Like our numbers have just went up at the clinic. A lot of people are like, are y'all getting a lot of COVID cases? I was like, no, but I'm getting a lot of people who are just broken. A lot of people who are just hurting. I mean, I met with a guy this week. Uh, he was going through a, a breakup with his, with his wife. I, I met with a lady this week who, who, who literally was just, she, she had just broke mentally. And I'm with these people in the room, and I'm talking to them, and I'm thinking, you know, we can give advice and we can give this and give that, but honestly, the only thing that's ever going to save us is knowing Christ. The only thing that's going to help us is knowing Christ. That faith is that basis of all godly relationships. That faith allows us to get through times that we're unsure of. Faith is that assurance that even though it seems impossible, it is possible. And I think that's one thing, you know, in the mental health community, one thing we try to, to stress to people is that people are not without hope just because they have a mental disorder. I saw recently where in our community there was a, there was a man who had had a break. 
mentally something went wrong. And the Christian community's reaction to him really bothered me. When you see believers in Jesus Christ saying, that person needs to be locked up and the key thrown away, or if he comes around again, I'm going to kill him. Is that Christian? Is that living by faith? Is that, is that having a compassion upon people? That is not. You see why I, I say this, and I preach this this morning, because it is very important that you and I as believers in Jesus Christ live by faith and not by sight. I mean, yeah, it may make sense in our minds just to shoot someone or lock them up if they offend us, but honestly, by faith, we see that they are valuable in the eyes of God, that in the eyes of every human being, there is integrity, there is eternity, and there is a value to the living Creator who says, I love them. And there's always hope for people. There's always hope for people. I'm not called to be a, a vigilante pastor. I'll be the first to tell you that if, if we're traveling or something, I've probably got a pistol in the car with me for safety purposes. But I'm not, that my attitude is not like, well, I'm just waiting for somebody to come in here so I can kill them. I see that a lot in the Christian community. That's that attitude. That it's almost this old west, uh, this old west mentality. That well, I'm just gonna, you know, if somebody crosses me, I'm gonna cross them with my nine. That's not the way it's supposed to be. I, I thought about the the man who who had the break in our community, and I thought, has anybody reached out to him to love him? I haven't. I haven't. I know him. I haven't reached out to him. But by faith, we should be. By faith, we should be loving people. By faith, we should be seeking to reconcile relationships that are maybe broken. By faith, we ought to be giving our all to God, even in times like this. And this is a crazy time in our church. Man, we got two services every Sunday. And, and you know, it, it's, it's, it's strange. And I know some of y'all are probably missing the people that come in the first service. And, and I... I don't know how all this turns out. Again, as a pastor, I'm, I don't know how, you know, somebody asked me, are we going to continue with the two-service format from now on? And I was like, I don't know, but here's my thought. I, as a pastor, I'm not doing this out of fear of a virus. It, it helps, doesn't it? We're able to continue to meet every Sunday and still kind of social distance, you know, and still have some amount of sanctity. You, you guys understand these pews are all wiped down and sprayed down between services. I mean, this is as clean a place as you're going to get in. But, but I really think that even in tumultuous times, we can say, well, we went to two services so we can keep our numbers up or whatever. But honestly, my thought as a believer is by faith, I think, how can we grow this church twice? How can we have two services that are packed? Because once this is over, we could continue with the two services and have two full services when we don't have to social distance. You see what I'm saying? Taking a bad situation, making it better, that through tumultuous times through pandemics, we can say, you know what? God grew our church. God made our church bigger. Now, what does that take? Now, some of you are like, well, I'm all for it. Okay, if you're all for it, now step out in faith and go do something about it. Bring somebody with you next week. You see what I'm saying? The work of the gospel is hard sometimes. That may mean y'all may have to stop and pick somebody up next week and bring them to church with you. That may mean it, it may be bringing someone that you don't necessarily or not necessarily friends with. I know everybody here that y'all don't have any enemies in this community. I know that. <laughs> Sometimes I have enemies with people that, uh, well, they're enemies with me. I, I don't consider them enemies, but they, they don't like me, you know, for whatever reason, whether it's my Christianity or 
hairstyle. I don't know. They just don't like me, right? For some reason. I'm just like, I don't know, whatever. I don't have time to, to deal with that because I understand that you know, God's got bigger plans for me than, than this. That this is not my homeland. Does everybody catch that this morning? Where you're at right now, this is not the, this is not the, the end result. You know, Joni and I, we, we're kind of looking, we're like, you know, kind of reaching a point in our life where we're maybe wanting to build or, you know, do something, a house for ourselves. And, and not that we don't like the parsonage. I mean, that's home. We love it. It's great. But we're just kind of wanting our own place. And, but, but even in that, we struggle sometimes because we're just like, you know, this isn't our home, though. Like, our home is, I don't know where it's at necessarily. I mean, I do know where it's at. But you know what I'm saying? I don't know how to get there unless I die, I guess. I, I can't just go there and look at it. It's like, oh, that's beautiful. All right, let's go back to Purim. It, it's, in the, it's, it's, it's out there anyways. And it's built by God. It's, it's put together. It's, it's there because of a promise of God. And so I just need to continue on. Does that mean we don't build houses and we don't enjoy life here? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is our overall faith is in a God and our overall hope is in the future. It's down the way. Sarah didn't get to see everything that God was going to do through her. Abraham didn't get to see everything that God was going to do through him. One day they will. One day you'll get to meet Abraham. One day you'll get to see Sarah. How awesome is that? And so as we're thinking about this, faith is that assurance of unanswered promises and seemingly, seemingly hopeless times. So even in times like this, guys, God can do great things. Amen? I hope our church just continues to grow. I hope it, I hope it becomes, you know, just such a movement that, we have to build a new sanctuary. I hope we have to hire more pastors. Josh, I hope we have to have like three youth pastors. Josh will be the head one, of course, because he got here first. Lead youth pastor, Josh. Yeah, but you see what I'm saying? I mean, I, I, that's, that's like a desire I want. And some people are like, well, how do, you, how do you navigate that? How do you get there? I don't know exactly except just keep living by faith. Just keep doing what God's already doing in us. And whatever I've learned in the past, I can look to the future and say, I know God's there. I know he's never going to leave me, so I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to keep doing what he's called me to. But one thing I've learned in my own Christian walk is that everything we do is controlled by a thing called desire. Do you guys agree with that? Desires control us. Everything from should I have another piece of pie to who do I spend the rest of my life with? It's desires or can be there. They, they can influence us in good or bad ways, right? Everything from what college am I going to go to to what sports team. Honestly, most people, have, they prefer a sports team because they like the colors. I guarantee you, somewhere when they were a kid or something, you know, they had this, this gross desire for like, you know, like Green Bay Green or something. They, they just something, like they like that color. Am I right, Larry? He's like, no. <laughs> But I mean, probably when I was a kid, something, you know, I'm not so much a Dallas fan anymore because they used to be good, but now they're not. And I'm just kind of like, eh, we'll see. But you know, probably somewhere back in the day, I just thought the star was cool. And so I just began following them or the Cubs or whatever, you know. Um, but the thing is, is that these desires, these, they can lead us to make decisions or to follow things. They can lead us in roads that are good or bad. It just depends. But when it comes to faith, and I think this is the, the last point, Jed, if you can flip down there. This idea that faith is the key 
to having right desires. As you get out to the world, as you live in the world, the world's going to throw all these desires out in front of you. It, it's going to throw out things that, you know, that seem right. Well, everybody else is doing it. Everybody else says this is good. You know, social media, as good as it can be, social media is <laughs> it also is shaping a lot of people in the way they shouldn't be. We should spend more time in this book than we should on social media. I'm as guilty as anybody. But the thing is, we need to be spending more time in the Word of God because this is where our faith goes. Your faith's not going to grow because of a meme. Unless the meme's a scripture, of course. But you know what I'm saying. There's no amount of little girl running from a crowd that's going to save us, okay? There's no amount of social media that's going to save us. Think about this for a moment. When you come to know Christ, was there a verse that stuck in your head and you decided to make that decision? I would say if I, if I was to ask that question, by majority, most people are going to say, yeah, there was a verse that stuck out and that's when I decided to follow Christ. That was because that verse gave you faith to trust Jesus. That verse, it gave you faith. Maybe it was a song. You know, I've told my story before, but when I was, I was sitting at a church camp and they started playing the old rugged cross, I know that's not necessarily a verse, but the story of Christ hanging at dark Calvary got me. And no, no doubt that song put to lyric and put to tune, it was a sermon that I had heard my whole life about how Jesus died on the cross for me. And all of a sudden it was like, oh yeah, I have to answer that. And it was only by faith that I was able to answer that. And it was only through the work of the Holy Spirit to, pr- to prompt me and to prepare my heart to hear that message. We're all depraved. We are all lost. But when it comes to Christ, He loves us all. And if by faith we can live for Him, then that's what we need to be doing. Because faith is that key to having the right desire. Church, it's important right now that we have the right desires. I don't care what age you are in here today. Whether you're retired or you're just starting your life out, I want you to understand that your desires will shape what you do. And the call here is that you make sure that your desires are to bring glory to Christ. Does everybody hear that? That's the most important thing. That whatever you do with your life, your, your job choices, your college choices, your, 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 your choice in, in, in sports teams, whatever, but, but whatever it is, you need to make sure that you're following after Christ. But the only way we can do that is through faith. There's a lot of preachers, and I'll catch this, there's a lot of preachers out there who are preaching that aren't bringing Christ any glory. They're just bringing themselves glory. There's a lot of preachers out there who the gospel that they're preaching is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the gospel of prosperity. Or it's the gospel of, of you're a good person and you can always get through anything. Those, those sermons don't help anyone. It might make you feel better for like just a minute. But at the end of the day, what we need is a Savior. At the end of the day, we're broken people who need a Savior. We need Christ. And it's by faith that we are saved. And what we talked about last week, we can only please God through what? Through faith. It's impossible to please God any other way. It's impossible to please God except through faith. And faith is that key even to shape the desires of our heart. Those desires that, that will, will change the way we view life. And, and when your desire is changed by faith, then you're able to have relationships that are based on faith. You're able to go through unsure times 
by faith. You're able to go through hopeless times by faith. You guys see the, the picture here. As we're looking at these stories, they're not just stories of people who, you know, lived and died. They're stories of what God can do in a person's life. So may we be a people who are seeking to be more faithful. May we be a people who are seeking to, to grow and to glorify God. Where are you at today? Where are you at? How's your spiritual life doing? Are you living by what seems right to you? Or are you really saying, you know what, God, I just want to see you glorified. I've been broken enough in my faith. I've tried to do stuff my way. And at the end of the day, I'm always like, man, I failed, God. But you know what? God has never failed. Not once. God has never failed. So we trust in him, the author and perfecter of our faith. And by faith, we can bring him glory. Would you bow your heads with me? Josh, you come forward, play a line here. Lord, I love you. I thank you for these believers that are here today. God, I, I praise you for, uh, Lord, for faces that I hadn't seen in a while. I know that, God, you have, uh, you've brought us all together as a church family for a reason. But, Lord, I thank you that your word teaches us what we need to know today. And the fact of the matter is that we need faith in you. It is by faith that we're able to please you. So, Lord, today I ask that you would do an amazing work in our hearts, that we would go from this place with the key, faith. Lord, our desires will be to, to bring you glory, to honor you. Lord, help us to be like Abraham and like Sarah. Lord, we don't know all the good that's going to come from what you do through this church or through us, but what we do know is that you've got a land prepared for us, a place prepared for us. Help us to continue on to navigate through the times like this. Lord, because we know that we're never alone and that our place with you is certain. Lord, encourage us today. If there be anyone here who does not know you, Lord, would you call them to know you? Lord, would you call us all to repentance and right living? We ask this in your name. Amen.